Welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. All right, I'm at Kirkwood Station Brewery, and I'm going to make you say your name, because I never know. Do you do the American pronunciation? How do you tell? It's uh, Tomas Gomez. Tomas Gomez, okay. Um, let's start with the very beginning, because you were okay. born in Mexico. That's the yes. reason I asked. So yeah. uh, let's start right at the beginning. How did you end up coming to the U.S.? In St. So, Louis, for goodness sake. Yeah, so it's a funny story. My parents actually were missionaries, and they were working at an all-boys orphanage in Mexico, and that's when it all started. Crazy. And, you know, I was born there, and then when I was around two years old, I moved back to the States, and for the most part, most of my family on my mom's side is based out of St. Louis, especially my grandmother lives in Webster Grove, so it's very tight-knit there, so that's how St. Louis was chosen. So, no Mexican heritage. No, I'm actually 50% <laughs> Colombian, but I don't speak Spanish, which okay. is kind of... <laughs> Kind of bad, but... How often do you guys walk up to you speaking, expecting uh, you to be able to understand uh, in this business? I will say it happens a fair amount of times, but the funniest thing is most of them see me and they don't even... They think like, my no. name's Thomas or <laughs> Tom. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, very cool. So I was interested about that, but let's talk about um, soccer and how you got mm-hmm. into it at a young age in St. Louis. Yeah. Where'd you grow up, actually, first? Webster Groves. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, how'd you get into the academy? So basically it all started, you know, my dad's Colombian, so soccer is a big thing in South America, and I started playing at a very, very young age, and, you know, grew up playing in, like, the Kicksters, which is the rec league, and then transitioned into club soccer, and played with gateway strikers, mm-hmm. and was actually a defender and a forward for many years. And I always like to ask that question. Yeah, <laughs> and then roughly in seventh grade, I made the transition over Scott Gallagher, which is now St. Louis Scott Gallagher, mm-hmm. and with that... You know, that's when I basically full-time decided to be a goalkeeper. And then my, I want to say sophomore year, I joined the St. Louis Scott Gallagher U16 Academy team. And that's basically... Kept it going. Yeah, kept it going. So after that, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. What made you choose Georgetown? You know, my mom's side of the family, most of them ended up going to Vanderbilt. So they wanted me to see if I could go to a prestigious university. Mm-hmm. And... Vanderbilt actually doesn't have a soccer team anymore so you know when I was looking at options my mom was very on board about Georgetown and it's a big it's in the big east it's in Washington DC and for me at that time I wanted to leave St. Louis Mm. I wanted to go see what else is out there and when I visited the school there I kind of fell in love with it and that's that's why I ended up going there. Now I hate to say ask this. I've been meaning to mm-hmm. look it up. I don't even know where Georgetown is. Isn't it? Okay, Washington D.C. Oh, it is in Washington yeah, D.C. Yeah. Okay, so what was it like living in D.C.? Oh, it was, was it fun. It was it was amazing. You know, is the campus is right, basically in the city. You can walk everywhere. You don't need a car. You know, it's very very hard school. I will say it was, uh-huh. it was definitely tough, but the soccer was great. The community was good. So, what was your major? Uh, I majored in psychology. Very cool. So uh, you were mentioning how you kind of went to Georgetown mm-hmm. and no one really expected you to start. No. Red shirt maybe was yeah. an option. And what happened? Well, you know, I um, it was about the summer going into Georgetown. Me and Brian Jones sat down and talked about how we wanted to go, like how we wanted the training schedule to go. And I told him, look, I'm willing to go twice, three times a day mm-hmm. just to really make sure I'm ready. And that whole summer I would say I was probably – out on the soccer field more than I was in my own house. <laughs> and from the minute I showed up there, you know, I kind of just took the job, and that's that's how it happened. 
That's very cool. And so at that point, were you thinking maybe pro, maybe not? Yeah, when well, did you decide you wanted to try the pro system? Well, it was funny because my freshman year, you know, I was starting the Big East. I was very happy with it. It was kind of not expected but then I started getting phone calls from the U20 national team mm. and then I stayed in that pool for about a year and a half and I was always getting called into camps and that's when I kind of started to see like this actually could become a reality and then my sophomore year I actually played a national championship so being able to play in such a pressure situation and winning PKs over Maryland was an amazing experience awesome and even though we lost to another St. Louis St. Louisian <laughs> uh, it was still a great experience um I, man, I didn't realize you were called into the national team. Mm -hmm. That's really it. cool. What was that like? Oh, it was great. Who was know? in your class? That's the best way to judge what um, it was like. <laughs> well, AJ was actually in it. Yeah. AJ Cochran. And the other two keepers that were in it were Zach Steffen and also Cody Cropper. Okay. Which they're both playing in MLS right now. So yeah. at the time, it was kind of me and Cody were fighting it out. But I was had the college background. He was playing in England. Yeah. So it's all things that are if we're on the same level if you're a pro obviously that weighs more than being a college kid so yeah i would say goalkeepers and defensemen like center backs especially yeah. they do the best out of college it seems like yeah. do you feel like you got a good training in college yeah and i mean georgetown was very very professional mm -hmm. coach weiss has done magic up there with you know, if you look at the last couple of years the players he's brought in the amount of pros that he produces and just they become like every year they're you know, up there at the top of the Big East, and then also you see him in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. With that, you never know. Yeah. In fact, two St. Louisans, do you follow the Poncho brothers? Um, yeah. So the, the older brother actually went to Georgetown. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. He did? John and then Luke, he transferred. Yeah, he was over. actually a goalie. He didn't play there, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have so, an older brother. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant, uh, what, Logan? I thought maybe Logan no, transferred. No, the, the oldest one. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to San Jose. Okay. How did that happen? So, you know, I went to the MLS Combine. And <laughs> what was that like? Let's talk about it was, that. It was great besides the first two minutes. I kind of received a back pass, and I tried to get myself out of it, and I get scored on. Shoot. And I'm thinking it's in front of all these pro scouts, and I'm <sighs> like, wow, like the worst thing that can possibly happen just yeah. happened. So after that kind of, you know, I'd say all the pressure went away, and I was like, Nothing else can happen that's that bad. And I ended up having a pretty solid combine. And you know, the last day, I was, it was another good day. Made, made some good saves, was playing well. And then I dislocate my shoulder in front of everyone. And I'm like, okay. And obviously teams had seen that this was the second one in two years. And that kind of that was a red flag. And I was, it was a tough thing to happen. But then, you know, surprisingly, I got drafted to Columbus. And I kind of knew going in there, they had a relationship with getting the fourth, their fourth string would be the pool goalie. And like, for me, I really didn't want to be a pool goalie. I wanted to be on a team. And they had three guys that were on guaranteed deals at the time. It was uh, Steve Clark, Brad Stuber, and Matt Lampson. And I kind of knew like, I probably wouldn't end up there. So then I got the phone call to go to San Jose and they had two keepers on the contract there. And that's basically where that so you thought you knew you had a chance at that third spot, mm -hmm. if not better. Yeah. Um, you didn't stay there though. No. Um, so how did that go down? Sometimes it's uh, your choice. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was it was very tough in San Jose because I was basically told I needed to be 
like my role was just to get the other two ready. It wasn't really on developing. It was more like I have to be make sure my service is very good for the other two and that I'm just there as a practice dummy. Mm. And it's hard to hear that when you come from college where you're the guy for four years. And that was the first time I was really told, like, look, you need to take it down a notch. You have to do that. And, I, you know, there's some things I look back and wish I handled better, but I kind of knew at the end, like, I didn't want to go back as a third string because – at the time they didn't have an affiliate so you don't get loaned out and get games right. so you're kind of just there yeah. and it's nice being in MLS but like if you're not really competing to get a chance it's tough and after that you know I had another like face of reality where not a lot of teams came calling and one team that actually ended up calling was Rochester and they were looking for a number one slash number two and at first, I was like, I don't even know where Rochester is. I'm not sure I want to do this. But, you know, I was like, I, this is basically all I have right now, so let's go. Yeah. And I went out there, and I got myself a contract, and then that's basically how that started. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you and Mark Pace are buddies. Mm-hmm. You'll train in the offseason together. Yeah. And um, you even did a little bit of uh, showing in front of Precky, you know, in the last offseason. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that because we we talked about Mark as a third yeah. goalkeeper, and so he decided to go for that in the yeah. MLS and and see what it was like. And he was a backup yeah. uh, for the for the starter in Toronto more than once this season. Yeah. Um, but you chose to go to Rochester. What, what's the difference there? And would you what would you recommend if someone else had the I mean, option? It, it honestly just comes down to like what do you want to do like where do you see your plan as a goalkeeper because our position is very different compared to a center back or a forward or a winger because you know normally another keeper doesn't get subbed on in the game Mm. so one guy plays right there's one keeper that's brought in to be the main guy sometimes they'll have two but for the most part that's how it is Mm -hmm. and you know with this position you got to be very patient for when you're going to get your chance and stuff and for me like i was going from mls with having i wasn't in the plans to now I'm in Rochester where I'm in the plans to play. And my, as a keeper, you get better by every game. As, as you keep building on experience because you learn from your mistakes, you learn what works, what doesn't, and you keep going because it's very mental. And like with Mark taking the third job open MLS, I feel for him he just wanted to get into the league. And like for me, I've, I've been there. So I personally am not interested in going and being in a similar role of just being there to basically pat everyone on the <laughs> on their shoulders and say keep keep working because I have my own goals in professional soccer like I'm playing this to go as far as I can with it I'm not here just to collect a paycheck and yeah so no that makes sense and uh you spent a couple seasons at is it two seasons at Rochester mm-hmm. tell me about Lily Ball is what yeah. everyone's coining right now what was it like playing under coach Lily I mean honestly it was a great opportunity um he being a goalkeeper and playing on on the defensive line is like the two best places to play mm. under Bob because he's so well knowledgeable of that and he's done over the last many years he's able to put out a competitive team that actually can get results we might not win five six nothing or four nothing but we'll beat you one one nothing yeah and honestly like he is a strategic genius at the way he does his research on other teams and how he's able to put the lineup that he feels will get the result on the day and you know it goes back to a result that happened my first year where we played charlotte up in charlotte and we beat him one nil with five in the back and then we come and play him 
play Charlotte in the playoffs and end up beating them 3 1 with a 4 4 2. And just like the tactical switch there kind of threw Charlotte off and they didn't know how to play against us. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a reason he's made the playoffs every year as a coach. So. <laughs> yeah, he's no slouch for sure. And, yeah. and that's something that people, it's maybe a misconception about him is obviously it is somewhat of a de- defense first system, mm-hmm. but. You know, he just moved to Pittsburgh, and, yeah. and I heard my buddies in the Mongols podcast asking him a bunch of questions, and yeah. they didn't even have to ask. He's got a chip yeah. on his shoulder about yeah. not being a strategist or yeah. an offensive, yeah. you know, having an offensive yeah. plan. Uh, but you know, he he kind of outdid Charlotte, which is no slouch of a team yeah. either. Yeah. So two years in a row, no kidding. Them. Yeah, and so um, that's interesting. I definitely wanted to ask you about Lily, and I know the Pittsburgh guys are going to be curious about that. Uh, you also spent time with Adam Grinwis, who we yeah. saw last year, who did a great job for St. Louis yeah. last year. And so you two were fighting for a job. Uh, what was it like uh, working with Grinwis? Yeah, against Grinwis, maybe. Yeah. I mean. It- I kind of knew coming to Rochester it was going to be tough. They had a guy who had just won, had been on the roster that had won the whole USL. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of him. You know, we grew up, we're roughly in the same age. We're from the Midwest. Like, I knew he went to Michigan, like, and he's very competitive. And when we saw him preseason, we knew, like, this was going to be a tight race. Because yeah. we had two, like, we're both relatively young, and we're both very hungry. And it was, it was a great competition because... You know, he he brought out the best in me, and I feel like I did the same with him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and um, you know, you come to St. Louis now. We don't know what the, what the team's going to look like. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe we'll touch on that a little later. But um, you know, I wanted to ask. I've been asking all goalkeepers yeah. and, and even friends just opinions about what they think it would be like. But under Precky, the goalkeeper's very exposed. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's only got a couple guys in front of him to stop shots before it gets to him. Um, and, and Gorick maybe struggled with that early yeah. for sure, and Grinwis did pretty well, even though yeah. he came from Rochester where yeah. uh, he's got a pretty good b- blocking yeah. force in front of him. Yeah. So can you talk about the difference of being exposed as a goalkeeper versus maybe a Rochester style? Yeah. Is it a misconception that it's a blockade in front of you in yeah. Rochester? Tell me about all those things. I mean, honestly, it just comes down to, like, in Rochester we were very well organized, but the keeper was a very important part of that too because the demand wasn't just on making saves Mm. you had to do all the other aspects you had to be very aggressive off your line to come out 30 40 yards and stop plays before their forwards get in behind the defense like that was one of the big roles i've had there Mm. and in the air crosses corner kicks all those type of things that if a keeper doesn't come and get that could lead to shots on goals it's basically the way lily wanted to play was he wanted his keepers to make plays and stop opportunities before they actually happen mm-hmm. and i know you know for adam like he's he's a very explosive goalkeeper and i know like when you have that demand like of course every keeper wants to make that save because everyone's in on they're like wow but i feel like when he came to st louis I, you know i kind of like talk to Brian Jones about helping bringing him here and I told Brian like this is the ideal keeper this is what mm-hmm. you want because he's kind of under the radar coming out of Rochester yeah. and you know I feel like he's done well for himself here and <laughs> I saw this coming but some people could say they haven't because he's coming out of Rochester but Rochester actually gives you it makes you not take things for granted and it makes you work that much harder 
because we're not always in the press for being the most popular team. Yeah. But I feel like most of the players that are in Rochester, when they move on, they take their opportunity. Well, and you said you mentioned there's a lot of pressure from Lily himself mm-hmm. yes. about you know just minute by minute yeah. having to be focused, yeah. and so it's a good place to be trained oh, up, yeah. perhaps. No, it is. I mean, the expect expectation sometimes you know can be a little overbearing, but. Mm-hmm. He gets results, and with his keepers, if you look at the keepers that come out of there, they've been pretty successful and are in pretty good places right now. Yeah. So that brings us to St. Louis mm-hmm. in this offseason. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he had some options. Golden yeah. Glove winner last yeah. year. Golden Glove two years ago two too, years right? Two, yeah. two years in a row. Okay, so uh, obviously there were people calling. St. Louis yeah. wasn't the only people calling. Tell me about what this offseason was like for you. Yeah, I mean – Basically, the minute the playoffs ended, my agent called me and said, look, you have a lot of interest, both MLS and USL. And he said, the big thing you decide is, do you want to take the MLS interest and wait a little bit for it, or do you want to go the USL route? Because the tough thing with me is being a free agent who's had a decent amount of success over the last two years, if it comes in terms of USL, you have to be ready to make a decision soon. And based off my situation out in uh, San Jose, I didn't want a similar scenario to happen where now I'm 24 years old and I'm going to go into a third string role where I'm not going to be able to develop and get games. Granted, there are many MLS teams that have B teams that you're affiliated, but I didn't know if I was ready to take the chance to hope that I was going to land on a team where I could get loaned to get games. Mm. And, you know, basically the big teams in USL came calling. Uh, FC Cincinnati was one of the bigger ones that was coming after me and they are pressing me to make a decision and you know they have a great organization there they have a lot of momentum pushing in MLS and with them like they could be getting an MLS in 2019 or 2020 and it was just a lot to think about and for me I I basically wanted to come back and play you know, I've grown up here I have ties to this community I think it's a very very awesome opportunity to go play at soccer park where I grew up playing on the youth levels and I know there's a lot of people in St. Louis that care and they want the team to actually do well and I like that challenge as opposed to going to a team that has all the momentum and stuff because honestly Cincinnati was a tough one to let go and they didn't give me much time to decide and for me like once St. Louis became an actual option, after talking to my parents and family, and I know the goalkeeper coach was a big thing. For me, it was a no-brainer. You know, then it's funny because when I agree to deal with St. Louis, Tampa comes calling too. And for me, it's like I was already set. Wow. So, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, two of the biggest clubs in yeah. USL came knocking, and, and you chose St. Louis, and that's that's really awesome. You mentioned the goalkeeper coach. Tell me about your history with Brian Jones. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest selling points because, you know, for goalkeepers, you need a good goalie coach. That's why they're it's its own position on a coaching staff. Yeah. And you need to be able to have a good relationship off the field, but also, like, when it comes to training, like, you believe in the coach and you believe in his philosophy. And it's funny because going into college, Brian basically helped propel me to be successful there. Yeah. And the fact that we've already had success in the past, and now, like, I'm coming off of two years being a starter in this league, and I get to come and reunite with him, I felt like that was a great opportunity and kind of, like, I couldn't pass that up. May want to try to get you two in a room because I'm yeah. meaning to try to yeah, get a hold no. of Brian because I really want to hear what he's like. You mentioned, and this just speaks to his character, honestly. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, training with him, yeah. not paying him anything. Just every yeah. off season, you've been training with Brian. Yeah, no, I mean, 
even dating back to college, like in, when I'd be back in the summers on break or even in the winter, I'd come out and train. Mm. And we'd have our usual goalkeeper crew here and Brian would be the coach and I've been doing this for every year that I've been a pro I've come back and trained with him so awesome. you know I believe in his philosophy and it works and it's helped me mm-hmm. be who I am today and not just off like on the field but off the field and I think it's a great opportunity to work with him so tell me a little bit about his philosophy but also yours obviously yours is a little different because yeah. you've had a lot of different influences mm-hmm. uh, but tell me about let's just talk about yours what is your goalkeeping philosophy what do you focus on what are the major points of, of how, what makes you such a good goalkeeper yeah. you're proven at this point yeah right? I mean honestly like one of the biggest things that's hard to teach is your presence when you see a keeper on the field and mm-hmm. you're just you can spot it within five minutes is this guy legit or not yeah. and I feel like that's something that I have and for me one of my weaknesses that I used to have was I wasn't very good in the air hmm. and then enter Bob Lilly <laughs> and the demand there basically forced me to no either kidding. adapt or not and now it's I don't even stand that tall compared to some keepers worldwide yeah. like I'm only six one, six two. so you know with that and like for me I'm very very high on distribution I don't like to just bang the ball at the field I like to be able to pass out of the back and mm-hmm. I grew up playing as a center back, as a forward, so you have to have good feet. Yeah. And, you know, basically for me is I like to have kind of a calming presence where I'm not going to get too high on a big save or too low on a bad goal. Like, I just want to be consistent, and you know what you're going to get out of me, and I basically will make the plays I need to, and then the ones that will wow you, those will come too. But it's like <laughs> I don't – basically for me a big – a big thing is just the level of consistency. So, it's oh, awesome. It's interesting that Lily helped you get better in the air because oh, yeah. you mostly check that off to athleticism. You know, just but it's, you improved in the air yeah. under a coach, mm-hmm. a non-goalkeeper coach, actually. Well, I mean, <laughs> think about it. A lot of teams, the only way to break down Rochester is to throw service in the box, and if your keeper's coming out and taking care of that, yeah, you can't beat them. Yeah. So if they can't beat us by dribbling through us, they put it out wide. They bang balls in the box. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I want to talk about Poulos a little bit. Okay. Um, I skipped over it, and I'm glad we can kind of circle back here. You did spend some time. I, I assume while you're at Georgetown, you spent some time with the uh, Orlando City PDL squad. Yep. Uh, tell me about that. You obviously you told me earlier that you met Poulos there. So, yeah. So what was that like? So, you know, I spent two seasons playing PDL there, and he was a player at the time. So he was a player. Okay, he was a player. Was he a player coach at that I point? I believe so. Okay. I would train with the first team, so I would actually do the PDL practices and then train with the first team after. Would you? Good. And actually, like after my senior year, I really wanted to go to Orlando. That was a big thing. Did you? And I had an interview at the combine. The whole staff was there, and, and, and Coach Polis was there too. And I know it was very positive, and then just. Two days later, I dislocate my shoulder, which I think kind of killed the chance. But, mm. you know, just the professionalism for a USL club at the time, I was very surprised. Like, you didn't expect to see that out of a second division team. And, like, yeah. that's why I returned again. And we had success in the Open Cup my second year where we actually beat a USL team in Charleston. Nice. And then we went to play Portland Timbers and MLS in the Open Cup. Mm. That was a great opportunity. And basically, I had a good taste in my mouth with, like, how Orlando went and then 
with Coach Polis, you know, he's from a club that I really wanted to play for on the MLS mm-hmm. level. And then, you know, just hearing his philosophy and hearing that he's a young and ambitious coach, like that's what you want to hear. And yeah. So. so I think, um, no spoilers, obviously, I don't know what you're allowed to say, but everyone's kind of pining to know what is this team going to look like? Yeah. How are they going to set up? But yeah. maybe when they talk to you, maybe they give you an idea of what they wanted to look like. Pulis himself has said that, you know, almost defense first, and then we'll build out from yeah. there. So is there any idea of, like, playing style or anything like that that you can give us a hint at this year? I mean, honestly, like... It's okay I to say no. Is, I didn't yeah, give you a chance I mean, based to. on who he's, who he's signed so far, and I'm sure the signings that will come, he's he's picking up proven players in this league, which is a big thing. Because yeah. to have success at this level, you have to have people that have succeeded in this, whether it's Corey Herzog scoring goals. And, you know, it's just you got to have that level of success and he's bringing in players that have had that and that's mm-hmm. important because we've the players that he has brought in have won and that's a big thing yeah. they've won at this level they didn't win a few years ago most recently they're coming off pretty solid seasons mm-hmm. and you know i feel like with with a coach like him you know it's going to be he's building his squad like he didn't have that out in orlando he'd have to play basically who got sent down and now he gets to have a real taste of coaching where he brings his guys and he gets to like those guys are accountable for getting results and that's a big thing is I don't know a lot about how St. Louis FC was last year but a big thing that I'm on is accountability if I make mistakes I'm going to hold myself accountable even if they don't lead to goals and that's a big thing is like Mm. to have success you have to hold yourself accountable more than someone else would hold you oh that's good so not even you know, the goals are mistakes, obviously, yeah. but mistakes before the goals, yeah. you're holding yourself accountable to. That's really uh, good to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious about Martz. He spent some time with yeah. him in Georgetown. Yeah. He came from there as well. What kind of guy are we looking at here? Uh, Where does he normally play in college, he, at least? He was a winger. Okay. So he's very enthusiastic. I think yeah. he's a great, great person on and off the field. Like, he's, he's a guy that just gets everyone going and, you know, just the enthusiasm all the time. You know, he's one of those guys that you want to have in training to pick the level up and he's always getting on people to make sure everyone else is like performing and no I think it's great to have him mm-hmm. here in St. Louis because it's just you know it's a little reunion like I said and it's it's just nice to have a familiar face here and we've had success at Georgetown so it's nice yeah. to bring that here without a doubt anything else you want to talk about you're in St. Louis. It's your hometown. Yeah. Do you come here every off season? Yeah, I have been. Okay, so. I wondered that. Yeah, I've been back the last three seasons. I wasn't sure if we'd have to do this by phone. No, no. <laughs> so I'm actually staying at Webster Groves right now. Mm-hmm. So, but no. Very cool. So you grew up there. You still live there. Um, what do you like to do in St. Louis? I mean, I have some high school buddies still, and I like yeah. to hang out. But for the most part, I've already started the off season by training with Brian. Good. You know, we go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so we're already starting ahead of the curve by uh, being able to I mean preseason is until a month and a half but we're already able to start that and then you know, I've been working out with a personal trainer that I know from high school that has helped me out so it's just nice to be back and be around family and friends I have a little brother here that's actually following the footsteps he's a goalkeeper committed to a division one school so it's nice to be around him what's his name where's he going Sam Sam Gomez. Yeah. So he's going to DePaul. Very cool. Another big piece. Yeah. So (laughs) he he went to Webster Groves too. So I know. Very nice. Cool. So you give him a little bit of a few pointers. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I try to. Or is Brian tearing him to pieces too? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm (laughs) sure he'll be out there soon. Good. All right, man. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, We're going to finish up uh, our drinks and head out. Sounds good.
Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com.